welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We've got our usual panel today. We have Adam, we have Rhiannon, we have me, Caleb Borchers. You guys having a lovely evening? How are you guys doing today? Why'd we ever stop uh, giving up our Twitter handle? Give them your Twitter ha- handle, Adam. That'd be great. Nah, I don't want them to follow me. I'm just saying, we, we haven't done that in like a year. Send all your hate mail to Adam Barnhart. Yeah. Adam.Barnhart at comicbook.com. Or uh, um, at Rob Liefeld. That's almost actually accurate. Is that part of the news? Are we going to talk about uh, Are we gonna talk about Robbie Rob at all or not? I wasn't planning on it, but we can fit it up here at the top. Other than being a total jerk, any other news on Rob Liefeld? Uh, see, no, not really. I mean, that's. I, I think you're just biased because you went and got yourself blocked, you know. But man, he's done at Marvel, kind of, sort of. Uh, is that a surprise after just like the way he acts? This I is, don't know. Good I question. guess the third thing that he's ruined for himself in the last six months, right? Like he had a relaunch of Young Blood or something like that that he was going to do. He had a Netflix deal that, that he screwed up. That is a mess. And then now this Marvel thing, like it just seems like that man's burning bridges left and right, which makes sense because he's petty and juvenile and all those sorts of things. The uh what can we call him? The creator with a mouth, the uh <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Michael come up for a nickname like the or moron something. with a mouth? But... Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> In all fairness, I really, the funny thing was his blocking of me actually made me not like him. Like, I really didn't dislike him. Right. And then it was like, right, right, man, right. if you're going to be that petty, there's something wrong. And then I started hearing more and more of these stories where people are like, Rob, I disagree with you. He's like, fine, blocked. And it's like, that's not how blocking should work. You know, there should be some level of abuse or mistreatment or inappropriateness. Not just you're going to block everyone who doesn't kiss your butt. So what you're saying is you're still not over it? Uh, actually, I really am worried. Like, I'm kind of afraid that, like, we're going to have, like, a mugshot at the next Rob Liefeld story I see. Because he seems to be in constant anger and turmoil. I'm a little worried for what's going on with that guy. It seems to be, I think, when Caleb rolls over in bed, there's... It's like that, that Wolverine picture where he's, like, petting the picture, except that's Caleb and, and Rob... Caleb misses the the Facebook content or the Twitter content. He completely won me over with that uh, no feet joke. I'm I am one hundred percent a Rob Liefeld stan. Except for how many people has he blocked because they said you can't draw feet, right? So, I... well, hey, you know, self realization's a, a good step forward, right? That's that's what we call progress. That's what my therapist told me at least. All right. Um, today, I think we're going to do basically news all day because I think the first news story is enough of a whopper that it's going to basically work like a main topic because there's a lot to talk about. So if you've been under a rock, you may have not heard that Kevin Feige is now the chief creative officer of Marvel. And I'm going to try to hit all the high points. You guys help me if I miss something. Feige responds directly to uh, Alan Horn and Bob Iger. Those are the two guys above him. And then Jeff Loeb respond re- reports to uh, to Kevin Feige. And uh, Ike Perlmutter also reports to Kevin Feige. And all the comic book guys. I forget who the uh, president of Marvel is right now. But uh, C.B. Sebuliski and uh, Joe Casada and the pres- the current president, I forget his name, they all respond as well. Or, respond, that's not the right word. But they all report as well to Feige. So everything, comics, video games, licensing, movies, TV shows, animation, everything is now under Feige's purview. Is that basically the big data? Kind of sort. Ike doesn't report to Kevin. I have no. I don't think anyone knows who Ike reports. I to. think on the charts I saw, he's underneath Feige. Mm, I don't think so. I think does does he report like straight to Bob Iger? Maybe who's above? I, I Ike's not so. Okay, so maybe I got this wrong. Essentially, all all creative stuff is under Kevin Feige, right? So that would mean Loeb and, and half a Dan Buckley, who is. Essentially, comics guy now 
Um, the creative part, at least the creative and editorial, but then like the licensed comics or the merchandising or the video games for whatever reason, that part of Dan Buckley's job reports to Ike. Cool. So if that's the concession, I don't know is here. Ike, we'll give you the video games, which is still surprising, especially, uh, cause they, um, I mean, the games are, are becoming a big deal, right? After Spider-Man, after Marvel's Avengers coming up, you'd think, That'd be another facet. Feige wants his paws on, um, but that must be the the one thing that they. Uh, I mean, they. I has to earn that salary somehow, right? But it's certainly a reshuffle as far as Perlmutter has no say over television or comics, which is something he used to have say over. Right. So pretty much anything this podcast cares about now is the responsibility of Kevin Feige, at least creatively. And it also means anything this podcast cares about is now free of Ike Perlmutter. Throw a party, people. Until we do our Marvel's <laughs> Avengers review next May. Um, so there's a ton to unpack. Rhiannon, uh, how did you feel when you first heard all about all of these things? One, chief creative officer... That's a title that used to belong to my buddy Joe. So I've been kind of sad for Joe. Um, and whatever this means for him. Because we really haven't seen... So like he has a new title that's like EVP of... What was it? EVP of... of cre- EVP Creative Director. Yeah. I mean... Whatever that means, right? He was the chief creative officer. I think the initial, like the 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 very first, and I'm going to go ahead and call those guys. Like more of this is going to come out this week. We're gonna we're gonna learn more about the structure right after we finish recording this podcast. Um, yes, we'll be able to do the uh, Jeff Loeb obituary <laughs> next week if that does actually exactly. Come to That's exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. Prepare yourselves; it's coming tomorrow. To be fair, everybody Guys. thought that immediately, and it has not happened yet. So right. maybe it won't. Surprisingly yeah. enough. So, like, the Jeff Loeb obituary. I mean, but the thing is, like, Feige is now over comics, TV, game, right? He's over games? No. Not games. Not games. No, games. no games? No games. Movies, film, or movies, film. Movies, uh, movies TV, TV, and comics. comics creatively creatively so like yeah i mean i don't think tv is dead like we said a couple weeks ago or i said a couple weeks ago there's going to be i mean we we called i called it you guys supported me in this there's going to be massive reshuffling at marvel television um i'm sure it means jeff who knows what jeff's future is um, I hope they're kind to him, whatever he has. I, for me, it makes all of Marvel. I mean, we're going from a guy that came to my party and sat on a couch and hung out two weeks ago to a guy that doesn't even have an active Twitter handle, um, in charge of everything. So it naturally, to me, feels more disconnected. Um, I mean, like, Feige is awesome. I mean, nobody is going to debate that he earned whatever he is getting. But I was left with sort of a feeling of the head, the, the, the folks. I mean, now the guy making the creative decisions feels more disconnected from the fan base on a personal level. Yeah, there's not going to be any cup of Kev panels at new york comic-con yeah i mean you don't kev does not do casual comic-con panels kev doesn't hang out at the marvel stage kev doesn't do anything where he interacts with fans i mean do you guys know of anything where kevin has interacted with fans directly no and i mean to me that was just sort of the initial taste in my mouth was that everything is becoming a little a little bit further out of reach of the fans. Um, which isn't to say it won't be a wonderful product. I just, that was my initial like gut feeling. Well, and I don't want to overstate this, but it seems like what's happening is the, the locus of control 
really is in Los Angeles now. You know, before, like, Marvel was kind of a New York company and an L.A. company, but now the big hitters are all out in Los Angeles, and movies and TVs are really the dog and comics are the tail instead of vice versa. You know, like, those that feels to me like the, the shift that we're seeing in this organizationally as well. And I mean, for me, I like New York. I like I I, I liked that aspect of everything. Um, if I was going to infiltrate Marvel, it would be a whole lot easier if they were here in New York. No, um, <laughs> no, I I don't know. I think it's just sad to be moving away from their comics roots. I mean, because so much of the comics are based on their roots in New York. And I think we probably should say for clarity, like someone like Joe Casada. I don't know if technically he was demoted as much as they just added another layer above him. Does I mean, maybe that's just a semantic thing, but it's not so much that people got pushed down as much as Kevy, Kevin, just Kevy, <laughs> Kevin just got like Feige got elevated above. Does that, does that seem right? So, so before Marvel entertainment was comics and TV, um, but now it would appear TV is separate, I guess, except Joe's still under Marvel Entertainment, if that makes sense. So now Marvel Entertainment, Marvel Studios, and Marvel Television are sex- essentially brother-slash-sister company subsidiaries? Kind of, that's not right, because Marvel Studios is the is the boss, but from what I gathered... Jeff Loeb reports directly to um, Feige, whereas before he reported to Buckley, who's also reporting to Feige. So somewhere Marvel Television splintered off, right, where Joe had used to over kind of oversee that, correct? Under the Marvel Entertainment umbrella, which where he still remains. I, I think one of the things that I want to tease out of this there's been rumors for a long time that Feige and Loeb are kind of rivals a little bit and they don't totally get along. Uh, if that is the case, one would think that Loeb would be very unhappy with this because if they are rivals, Loeb, no longer do Loeb and Feige ask for the same IP from the same people. Now Loeb goes to Feige and asks him sort of, what he gets to have access to, which is what we kind of teased was always happening anyway. But now very explicitly, I would think Loeb cannot develop anything that Feige doesn't allow him to. Like it makes official that thing we always suspected. Am I reading that correctly? Yes. Yes. So technically if, if we want to get into semantics, Everything besides what Sony owns is back at Marvel Studios. Right. So uh, let's let's take it from the save Daredevil angle because we know that we have people that care about that, that listen to the show. But also, I mean, I think it's a, a very valid question. Does this feel like it changes much? I think I saw a tweet today that said it really doesn't except for who you guys are tweeting at at this point. How does that work for you, Rhiannon? So, I, I mean, the the stance that the Save Daredevil crew, I mean, there's a lot we don't know as far as the future of Marvel television. And it goes back to what we were talking about a week or two ago of we keep comparing the future of Marvel television or what's at Marvel television to this unknown of Marvel Studios television stuff on D plus or um, Loeb's television, I mean, not Loeb, um, Feige's television capabilities in general there's a lot we don't know about so they're they're just sort of reshifting their efforts of who they address and everything um they they they're regrouping and they have plans but this put a slight twist in it but not a huge twist what is not the case i'm not speaking for anyone there but like if people thought that sort of Loeb and Marvel TV sort of owned the characters they had and like Feige couldn't take them without, you know, I don't know, negotiating for them or whatever. It would seem very clear now that Feige can absolutely take them if he wants them. And so I think the efforts would go towards 
encouraging Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios to do what they were trying to encourage Jeff Loeb and Marvel TV to do before. Right. And I think it, um, I mean, their efforts weren't really focusing on Marvel executives anymore anyways. Um, I mean, if anybody saw like this week, Joe Casado tweeted that he has a saved Daredevil pen on his Marvel lanyard walking around the Marvel offices. Obviously, Marvel execs. I mean, we don't know about Kevin because he doesn't come hang out with us, though. Totally invited, man. Yes. Anytime, totally Mr. Feige. Invited. I know you're not busy at all with all these things that you um, have going on. but I mean, we don't have any reason to think he listens to the podcast. Jeff, we still love you. Um, But, I mean, the execs. So, like, I mean, with the exception of Feige, like, we feel like those execs were on board. Loeb, you know, gave, like, his speech at the Saturn Awards a couple weeks ago. Joe came to our party. Um, there's no reason to believe that Kevin even knows television exists, except for, like, one interview two, three years ago. So there's no feel on his. But um, the focus on Save Devil had been to try to get a network interested. Because even though, like, Hulu is owned by Disney and Marvel and everything, like, they still... Yeah, we've learned from the Ghost Rider stuff and everything in the past few weeks. They still have to buy off on it. They still have to be in on it. So, um, so a little bit of the efforts are shifting towards Feige, but the majority of efforts were towards networks and showing the value to networks. And that's probably where the focus will continue to be. Do we know yet? Maybe. I mean, this may be a question you can't answer. Who is making? Who's pulling the trigger on D? uh, Disney plus shows like, is that Iger directly or is there a VP of the content there? Or are they just saying like, Hey Feige, you've got four slots in this year, fill them with whatever you want. Like, do we know how that works? I am fairly confident that, I mean, they operated just as they would Hulu or something of that nature. There, there's a vice president. They've had him out before he was on an investor's call. I think he came over from Netflix, actually. Are we thinking then that Feige is pitching projects to that person and they're the ones that says yes or no? I would guess. I mean, there, there's going to be some level of that, right? Um, the same goes for Lucasfilm. Um, but with someone who's made $25 billion, I'm not sure there's there's a no, right? Yeah, that's true. I, w- I would guess. I don't know. That's pure speculation. I know they're treating it as a. Um, they're treating it as like a Netflix or as a Hulu. I mean, did you guys see that infographic the Hollywood Reporter released today? By the way, speaking of Disney yeah, we're going to get to that in the news. Yeah, yeah. Are we okay? It's it's All insane. Right. We will All definitely right. talk about it. Yes. Um, All right. Uh, Adam, you and I talked about this a little online. Uh, Rhiannon, you mentioned that Feige in the past has been. Almost like he almost acts like he doesn't know that the TV exists. Like he's asked about a character and he's like, oh, I think they're doing something with that over at TV. Like he acts like he doesn't even know what's happening over at Marvel TV. Do you guys take that as it was just an attention thing that Feige just didn't pay attention to it much because he didn't have control over it? Like, or is that an actual disdain? Like. How do you think this working relationship goes forward? Do you think Feige is excited to have Marvel TV or is his attitude going to be to ignore it as much or as more than he's ever ignored it? No way. He there's no way he'd ignore it, man. It's he's directly responsible for it now. Um so I don't think backing up a little bit from Marvel TV, I ever, most people, I don't want to say everyone, you know, the vast majority of people instantly think Marvel television is just going to go by the wayside. But at the same time, you know, there's, yes, there's uh, Marvel Studios putting movies out, four movies out a year. There's Disney Plus, um, but there's also all sorts of networks and and Hulu, right, That are that's still going to have to have content, right? I mean, ABC's flat out said that they've always want at least one Marvel Marvel thing on there. Um, so I don't think Marvel TV is going away. Um, you know, maybe Jeff will because of hurt feelings or, or what have you. There's already rumors he is retiring, right? Um, 
But I, I don't think Feige... Why would Feige... That's shooting himself in the foot if Feige doesn't care about TV anymore, right? Um, he has that responsibility to make sure it it um, flourishes. Um, and I, I mean, they've got to make stuff for ABC Freeform, you know, the FXs and Hulu, right? It's not, it's not like they're not going to do that, especially when Disney just just got you know vast you know majority ownership in hulu and, and complete control of it you know or maybe it is i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe they are just after runaways after hellstrom you know marvel tv ceases to exist and it's nothing but movies and disney plus um but that would be peculiar one would think so i mean i think this begs a natural question that some people are asking do you think this will open up more crossovers like now that Feige is over it all, do you think we're more likely to see Runaways show up in Miss Marvel or something like that? Absolutely. I mean, they've been Marvel. Of course, even just Marvel Studios MCU proper, right? There's been some continuity red flags here and there, but for the most part, generally, they've been able to keep their shit together for ten years, right? I would guess. And that's, I guess that's the optimist in me. You know, I, I think Marvel TV moving under Marvel Studios and, and Loeb reporting to Feige, I, I would guess maybe it's an eternal wish or something, but they can revive the Defenders verse. And since it's studios properties, now they would pop up in a movie or something, right? How it should be. You know, what happens if Peter Parker does need an attorney? Or what happens if Luke Cage manages to, to show up somehow, or Iron Fist and Shang Chi? You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I guess, hopefully, you know, the, it, it comes down. There's some, there's some rights issues. The the one thing I, I will go back on, and, and I know I don't think you two keep up with it, is the CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths that they're doing right now, right? Um they and not only are they doing the CW shows but they're also doing they're bringing in the Smallville characters who was WB at one point they're bringing in Lucifer who who's on a Netflix shows right there there's rumors they're bringing in the Titans who who's on DC Universe um so it is doable um there were some um directors guild rules in place um originally preventing the streaming characters from coming over i don't know exactly the rules on that but somehow warner brothers and the cw were able to iron that out um but then i guess the only question would be from film to tv but then again if they're doing that stuff with disney plus and film you would think they already have their ducks in a row on that right rhiannon i did see some rumors that um Marvel's more likely to reboot something like Iron Fist, but try to keep, you know, like a Kristen Ritter or a Charlie Cox. From what you can tell, is that actually legitimately something, or is that just wishful thinking from people on Twitter? I I mean, I don't know any more than random people on Twitter, but I think that, um, I think, I think we've heard that multiple places before. I don't know. I mean, I think back to when I heard rumors... I heard a rumor like two or three years ago that they were looking at putting Daredevil in uh, Infinity War, but none of the other characters, only Daredevil, um, you know, that they, they were just venturing that far. I don't know how legit that was. I mean, it was from a source that typically has legit stuff. I, I, if that's the case, that leans more credence to me to the idea that they could be considering this. Yeah, there's a pecking um, order to the value yeah, of those that they, characters. Yeah, that they like Daredevil enough that at one point got Kevin Feige's attention. You know, enough to consider it. To throw it up on the wall, you know, and it be there long enough to become a rumor. I mean, I think, I think, um, who knows what's on his mind now who knows uh their shows and all that i've consistently heard i mean iron fist yeah i mean i i i don't we will never see fen jones iron fist again and i don't think 
even Adam is not sad about that. Yeah, I think I'm sure there's another article that we're going to cover later on maybe another reboot. Or unless yeah, you just want no. to say yeah, no, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. And Feige, I mean, something interesting about him and the way he's gone is he has, like, you know, we've quoted many times, he has stuff that where he's not worried about reusing actors. He's not worried about characters. You know, he's somehow, there's a little bit of continuity that he throws out the window with, like, Alfred Woodard showing up in, um, ah, was it Infinity War or, no, Civil War. in Civil War. Um, you know, reusing the same actress from his own movies, you know, using... Gemma Chan, I think, is the bigger one, because it's two studios' movies. You know, we're starting to hear of some Marvel Studios characters, uh, like the Mandalorian. I don't know. You know, I think, I think right now there's a lot to see how it moves forward. Who knows when we'll know anything, because like you said, there's not going to be Cup of Kev anywhere. There's not going to be... I don't expect anything informal. You know, he's not going to send out some tweets like, hey, guys, you know, don't worry. You know, I hear you. But I think there is hope. I mean, I think I think Jessica Jones, Daredevil, um, maybe Luke Cage, you know, could carry on. I think it would have a lot to do if those actors wanted it to. Um and how they could work it in and what they see in the future. Um, Let me ask one more on this general topic. There's been some concern by some fans about what this will do to the comics. Do either of you have any thoughts about how Feige becoming, you know, the chief uh, creative officer for the comic books will maybe affect what we're getting uh, in comic book shops? Well, since he's kept continuity for a decade, maybe, hopefully, I pray that that carries over to the comics. Um, because there was a Guardians of the Galaxy issue number one that debuted this year. And in two months, there was another Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Uh, I don't know. It's just such a mess. It's the past ten years or so. Um, it's just been completely crazy. I mean... In all honesty, I don't see much changing. They just hired a brand new editor in chief, um, and Marvel seems to be thriving at least in the numbers. Um, War of the Realms hurt. Hawkspox did all sorts of crazy crap, and variant covers are never going to go away. I guess. Man, could you imagine like some Marvel people getting on? Like what happened? Like a. Taika Waititi comic or even like Eric Pearson, you know, one of the other Ragnarok writers or something on comics. I don't know. From um, what I hear, the J.J. Abrams experiment is not going so well. That's besides the point. I guess his son actually helped write that. Like him and his son actually wrote that and they did have a ghostwriter. Can you believe that? After reading that, I'm sure yeah. you can believe it. Did, have you read that? You I've seen panels on Twitter that look just almost incoherent. So... <laughs> Right. I think the my thought when people started going, oh, no, he's going to make the comics too much like the MCU. I, he would be a fool to do that. Feige has been the best about mining the comics for good ideas. So why in the world would he want to dry up like the place that he has providing him ideas? Like he basically has the world's largest writer room for like the world's largest television series. If you think about it, like. He has hundreds of people writing stories for the IP that he's in control of. Why he'd want to go, oh, no, I want you guys to make it look like our movies. No, 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 no. He wants them to do as much as possible, so he's got more to glean from, I would think. Uh, This means he's going to do whatever he can to bring back BMB from his DC contract. Damn it. Just for listeners who you don't know, know what we're talking talked about, Brian Michael Bendis is uh, Michael, yes, Brian become Michael such a Bendis. curse word to Adam. He thought he had to uh, euphemize it. Nah, it's just, have you read his Superman? He totally destroyed Superman, and I don't even like Superman. I don't know. Are they, are they going to use it like as like a farm system type thing? Is it is it uh, like is Marvel TV AAA? And then is like Marvel Comics like the semi-pro? I mean, but the, the thing is, I mean, yes, they're all a similar line of creativity, and like Jeff Loeb worked well 
in that way. But Feige didn't start off writing comics, did he? He started off as a movie guy, right? Yeah. Right. He's always yeah. been a movie guy. Your good comic artists aren't always good TV writers or writer. You know, your comic writers aren't always good TV writers, aren't always good movie writers. Even your television to movies, right. movies to television. It's different pacing. And, and that's where, you know, I keep going back to, you know, we haven't even seen what Kevin can do with television and whatnot. But we know he's good at hiring. We know he's good at finding talent and giving them the direction they need to go. And, I mean, we haven't seen his creative input on comics. We haven't seen, um, I mean, also, this is a ton. He's not managing it. He's creative director. I mean, when Casada had that title, I remember him explaining a few years ago in a podcast what that meant. And it was like pointing things in the right direction giving input his specific example was like when they were making homecoming he got to be in the discussion of if spider-man's web shooters would be a part of his body or a mechanical thing outside of his body you know like what those type of creative decisions now i know kevin's going to have a completely different role with this title but i how much is he really going to be able to do? Yeah. No, that's a massive question is the time question. Cause we were already like, Oh gosh, with all these movies and all these Disney plus shows and a star Wars movie, like what, how's he going to like balance it all? It's not like the guy's going to spend two or three days a week, like in the bullpen over at Marvel, like micromanaging the way the comics are written. I wouldn't be surprised if he like popped into their, like, biannual like writers retreats just to listen and that was yeah. about it you know like there can't be that much that he's doing at the comics yeah i mean seriously if his job was just to read all the comics watch all the tv shows and watch you know and see early drafts of the movie you know early cuts of the movies that would be a full-time job yeah unless he gives victoria and louis the reins of studios and just jumps in with both feet for tv and comics Dun, dun, dun. I mean, he said he's an avid comic book reader and comic book fan, right? I don't know. It's just, it's hard to believe that they would give him creative control and he just shows up for the summits, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure there's far more to it, but... Like, implement... Can he change editors? Sure. Uh... I mean, I, it's just a time thing, though, Adam. Like, how much time could he possibly be... Because Marvel's... Hey, man, if he has time for Spider-Man, he's got time to manage Marvel's comics. comic book operation is mostly in New York City, right? Right. Um, I'm sure they have a Slack chat, maybe? Yes, it's just... Or, or something. Or, hell, maybe they move offices. Wasn't there a rumor that they were moving offices not too long ago? You mentioned Victoria Alonza and some of the other people. Um, it does make me wonder, we talked about this a little bit in our Slack, like, what's the workflow going to be? Or, like, how do we determine who gets what IP? Like, I just, I don't know. I almost see, like, Feige being like, all right, uh, we've decided we want to develop something with uh, Alpha Flight. Uh, and then he brings in, like, three or four of his movie producers, and he brings in Jeff Loeb, and he just, like, has them like wrestle for it in his office, you know, like it does seem like this will set up an interesting new place. where, like, I don't know. Are, are we going to see like Nate Moore and Jeff Loeb doing alternative pitches of a gambit project? You know, like I'm fascinated to see how they dole out the IP and where it goes and how they make those decisions. So, I mean, look at it this way, right? They, they, there's that rumor power pack show, right? I mean, what's stopping, kept from saying well now that we technically have marvel tv with us you know how about i work with marvel tv and we put that on freeform or disney jr or disney jr or what have you you know or some other disney xd you know i don't know um i don't know i, I guess it's just hard for me to believe that they're gonna close up shop elsewhere maybe since they use damage control in Spider-Man, maybe they're going to get that ABC show off the ground. Well, and that touches on one thing. Like, while some of these TV shows have obviously struggled to make it past early development, I mean, Feige 
does have a reputation for succeeding. So him walking in and saying, I have a TV show, you know, FX, I want Daredevil on, you know, I'm bringing back Daredevil. It's got all of this. I have this show for, you know, ABC. I think he'll have more luck getting it to succeed simply because he has a reputation for succeeding. Yeah, I guess I'm just interested in, like, the potential office politics. You know, there'll just be a lot of people that all are coming to Kevin for his blessing. You know, like, particularly, let's say Daredevil is not relaunched in the current format, and they decide, no, we're going to go fresh with Daredevil. Just, like, the internal politicking and fighting by various producers to get, like, the opportunity to have their version could be fascinating, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. Particularly if we're right about stuff like Ghost Rider being, you know, at one place and then it got taken away and, you know, all that weirdness. So, uh, Does anyone else think this is kind of sketchy that all this is happening shortly after Bob Iger's big book tour with the whole Ike Perlmutter comments? <laughs> you mean he maybe felt more comfortable saying things about Ike because he knew he was about to boot him into, like, licensing obscurity yeah, yeah right it's a, that's why it's I, a perfect use of i've Ike tried to just sit there and squeeze money out of hasbro and you know nintendo and let that be the only thing he does right right save your budget on toys man <laughs> but I, that's the thing i've i've tried looking who the hell ike reports to it's certainly not alan horn which is a whole other thing now marvel tv and marvel animation and half of Marvel Comics is technically owned and operated or at least run by Marvel Studios and in turn Walt Disney Studios. Uh, I think you want to be care- I think it's by the Walt Disney Corporation. I think the Walt Disney Studios is technically a a sub entity just as Marvel is. No, cuz that's what Alan Horn runs is Walt Disney Studios, right? Mm, I don't know. I think he's chairman of Walt Disney Studios. Well, but you have parks too. I mean, I isn't there a bigger? Oh, I see what you're saying, Alan Horn. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. We're talking about some things we don't understand, if we're being honest. But <laughs> so it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just. I guess it's just the name. Yeah. No, you're right. Whatever. He's the chairman of uh, uh, Walt Disney Studios, which will soon become Walt Disney itself. All right. Um, let's hit on some of those other news things that we mentioned. Uh, Adam, you mentioned this big THR report that came out about Bob Iger and uh, the way they put it, how he is betting the his- the future of Disney and all of Hollywood on streaming. And the suggestion was in that article that they are spending $25 million an episode for the Disney Plus shows. Um, That number is staggering. Jeepers. I mean, for perspective, mm-hmm. we've talked about it before. The Netflix shows came to about forty million per season. Right. Good lord. So really, why not just create more Daredevil and stuff? When I mean, like, can you imagine Iron Fist with that? It's budget? just like the catering budget. Sorry, is. that's that's the only show that really needs a budget that big. I mean, what it means is that they are a Disney Plus six episode miniseries is a film. Because 150 million, which is what six episodes would cost, is basically what they paid to make Ant Man. And so they are putting the same kind of resources behind these shows that they put behind films, which I think is really exciting for consumers. Because it means that we're, like we're not going to get cheapo, crummy stuff. Like we're going to get real exciting, actual comic book stuff on on Disney Plus. I, it's a huge win for the consumer. I don't know how it's going to work on the business side, but it's got to it's got to be exciting. I would think to people like us. In in comparison, right? Game of Thrones was between twelve and fifteen an episode. By Oof. the way, so I mean, not quite double Game of Thrones, uh, but I mean, this is record-setting TV, right? Game of Thrones used to set the bar budget-wise. And that budget, I mean, we're not seeing that budget, I mean, maybe on Loki, maybe on Hawkeye, but like Miss Marvel, we're not seeing it on cast 
I would think some of these, the the budget would be going towards getting your A-list movie stars. It also explains why they haven't had trouble with, like, whether it's, uh, you know, um, Elizabeth Olsen or Paul Bettany or Tom Hiddleston. When it was first announced they were going to get these guys for streaming shows, it was like, oh, wow. But if you have that much money to throw around, I mean, you could get them around to do commercials, right. you know? I mean... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm just... Uh, I'm going to do quick math here. $25 million divided by six ninety nine a month. So, yeah, basically... <laughs> I mean, they have to have 3.5 million subscribers to be able... For, for, one for one month of 3.5 million subscribers to pay for a single episode. It seems like this is not sustainable, but maybe I'm crazy. Well, and here's my question. Will they still be releasing these shows on DVD? Are they banking on all of the other marketing? Are they banking on how much bigger? I mean, at this point, are all Marvel movies a billion dollar movie? Does this help make each Marvel movie a billion dollar movie in theaters? And, and we've seen with like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they have value, they have ways to evaluate value beyond traditional metrics of like ratings and, you know, ad revenue and stuff like that. So, um, speaking of merchandising stuff, I mean, The Mandalorian's getting a, a full Funko Pop line, if that's any indication. So, I mean, what? We've gotten two Daredevil Pops and one Wilson Fisk Pop, I think. Yeah. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I know, have one as part of the Jessica Jones season one thing. Um, but yeah, Mandalorian's getting four to five Funko Pops. To me, the, this all changed. My opinion on all that shifted with Stranger Things this summer. Because they had Stranger Things 3, like, on Burger King cups and on Coca-Cola cans. That, like, it was the kind of promotional push at, like, supermarkets and fast food that you usually see for a major Hollywood movie. And it was for a Netflix show. And I was like, Oh, okay. Disney plus could totally do this. Like Falcon and the winter soldier could completely be like the toys, you know, McDonald toys next August or whenever it comes out. Like there's no reason that that can't happen at this point. Uh, earlier, we also mentioned actors that they use twice. Uh, there was a rumor that seems somewhat legit. That uh, Miss Marvel is not only casting Miss Marvel, but they're also looking for Black Bolt and Maximus the Mad, which means a reboot of Inhumans. Uh, and then there's even crazier rumors that Vin Diesel and is it Aaron Tyler Johnson? Taylor. Okay. He has three very random, boring, normal names put together. It's very hard to right. remember. Um, who played Quicksilver is being considered for Maximus the Mad. Uh, thoughts on those castings and humans coming back? Any of that stuff? Be weary, I guess. Initial thoughts. Um, and that's the thing. Vin's been rumored for how long? I mean, he did that type of thing where he lobbied himself with like an Instagram photo or something, right? right. Or he, he tweeted out like the fan art or something like that. It makes sense. Speaking on that front, um, Charles Murphy... Just posted a scoop on Twitter. Oh, yeah? He did. Miss Marvel, with working title Jersey, begins filming in April in Atlanta. Man. For a 2021 show, right? At the earliest. Probably not even 2021, unless they really crank it out. Well, I mean, April's a long ways away. It's 2020. They're doing six episodes at that budget. Each episode might take a full month. Right, so they'd get done October-ish? So it's a, I mean, it sounds like a 2021 release. Because all the current Disney Plus stuff we have goes through 2020. No, 2021. Oh. Like Hawkeye's fall 2021. Oh. And they have like There's three no or way they're going to keep it in the can for... Right. Two years, or for, uh, yeah, two years, right? That's, that's insane. This is, this is where it's kind of like... It's odd that we have this much transparency at this point, right? Like they flat out just dropped three movies and they dropped a Blade movie. And I don't think they or uh, three Disney Plus shows at D twenty three, right? And I don't think they really have concrete plans. Obviously, they do for Miss Marvel. I'm just hopeful that that they'll squeeze out a fifth show in 2021. 
I mean, that sounds insane. It's so much content. It's so... But... We're already getting four movies. Oh, I don't know. It, it's exciting, though. I mean, it means it's it's coming, and it's coming fast. We'll, we'll have to do a Marvel News Desk 2 uh, supplementary Hey, we will podcast. be so ecstatic. By the time next May rolls around to actually have some freaking thing, like, released, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take it. I'd rather right. have that than what we've got right now. Rhiannon, do you have any uh, excitement to see the Inhumans brought back and yes. not Anson Mount? <laughs> you know, I mean, one, I don't think Anson Mount did badly i think he just didn't have you know much to work with um i i'm super excited to see inhuman i mean i i forget you know it was funny because like i was talking to somebody and they were like well what other properties do you like other than daredevil and i was like i know i've liked stuff and i couldn't remember what it was i like inhumans i read those comics i got excited about it i when i saw this news i got very excited i'm happy i want to see it recast i want to see it forgotten I, I want them done well. And I don't think any explanation will be needed. Nope, none at all. I was a little surprised to see. I thought Medusa would be the one that they would kind of go with. So seeing Black Bolt being cast uh, makes me very excited. Black Bolt and Miss Marvel. How does one judge whether a Black Bolt actor is good or bad? Just like the right jawline? Well, I mean, I think you would need somebody. I mean, I think you would have to be a really good actor to communicate. The uh, Black Bolt has to be a character that you're convinced can destroy planets without him even opening his mouth. Like, yeah, right. There has to be a presence. I had an insane idea that they'll never do. But I would love to see them bring back Fastbender and McAvoy, but do them as Black Bolt and Maximus the Mad. Because Fastbender's already kind of done that Magneto thing, which, you know, Magneto has a similar, like, presence as far as, like, his Omega-level power or whatever. And so, uh, I don't know. And McAvoy from Split, I think, could totally handle kind of... um, that that thing that Maximus has where he kind of swings from crazy to not crazy in a very interesting way. So, As an Inhumans fan, how furious are you that they're doing Black Bolt now instead of with Thanos? Uh, that's okay. I don't... I kind of don't love what Hickman did with Black Bolt and Thanos. Like, he was building up Thanos as a real big threat, but I felt like Black Bolt should have had a better shot to kick Thanos's butt it's man that's if they bring black with that is black bolt gonna be in like guardians 3 you know like what's how are they going to introduce the inhumans royal family plus miss marvel they're certainly going to be very very small supporting characters, oh i think right? miss marvel it'll be like one of the episodes will be her whisked off to adeline where she's like allowed to connect with them and learn about the who the inhumans are and the roots it's almost going to be like a exposition dump and all they will do is just introduce us to the inhumans and then it'll be you know 2022 2023 when we get something bigger in humans she's going to be like walking down some alleyway and stumble upon lockjaw and super confused lockjaw accidentally teleports her to adelan that's totally the way i would do it there you go and you don't have to like you don't have to go full bore either. Like you could just have one or two really good sets and like an external shot of what you want Adeline to look like and then let her meet Black Bolt and Medusa and Maximus and learn about her history and then whisk her back to Earth and put her back into Jersey City and then it's seated there and we can move on from that in the future. I think it'd be awesome. I mean, and also they'll have more than ten minutes and ten dollars to create Lockjaw and to create Adelan. Yeah. And- to, to to do whatever they're going to do, I I I need it. I yeah, I'm excited about that idea. And if anybody deserves to be ticked, it's um, it's it's Jeff Loeb. Like it's really going to be unfair. We've talked about how it's unfair to compare the Loeb stuff to this high budget stuff. If you give the director of Miss Marvel twenty five million dollars to do a one hour episode, and you've got you know you can like give a million and a half of it to Medusa Hair. Versus the budget yeah. Loeb had for Medusa's hair. It's so not fun, you know, fair at all. 
I mean, and they did a fair job on Locked All Right, even with an ABC budget. Yeah. They put him to sleep. <laughs> they did. Yeah, but from what we saw, it was it was it wasn't actively bad like um, some other network VFX, right? I, I think, given the situation, Lockjaw was the least of the problems on that show. Let me put it that way: Lockjaw was the strength of the show. I think. Uh, one last bit of news that we'll cover for this episode. Um, so Scarlett Johansson was asked about her role. Apparently she's a producer on Black Widow, which I did not know. And she used the phrase that this, uh, that Black Widow is a, quote, standalone franchise, end quote. Uh, which is a very confusing phrase because I think a lot of us thought this is a one-off movie and not a franchise. But also, what does it mean in the MCU to be a standalone franchise? Uh, do you guys have any idea what ScarJo is going on about? I think she's just trying to talk her um, way into a new job, right? She's just talking about it in such a way as, like, hopefully it'll get there or whatever. Yeah. Speak it into existence. You don't think people are lining up to hire ScarJo for other things? That's exactly why she needs no, the job. That was my first thought was, ScarJo, if they are going to make this into a franchise, it'll be the next Black Widow. It will not be you and your ridiculous comments that get you in trouble on social media. <laughs> right? I'm just like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because what Marvel needs right now are more franchises. Do you guys think that we're going to get a Black Widow too, Or is this like a goodbye to this character. I'm struggling to be excited about Black Widow 1, so I hope it's just a goodbye to the character. Uh, they'll pry. Thunderbolts, right? With, like, the new Black Widow or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I wonder how much... Mar Does Marvel make decisions on money anymore? Like, if Black Widow makes $1.2 will Disney look at it and go, oh, we have to do a sequel because this made $1.2 Or will they go, eh... We can throw anything out there and make $1.2 these days. I don't know. At some point, the success would seem to lead them to think they can make whatever they want to make and they'll still make money. Right. What's I mean, what's a poor performance for Marvel? $600 million? Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, Black Widow, if it only pulled 700 would be the least grossing movie since Ant-Man and the Wasp. And, and what was the budget of Infinity War and Endgame? 500 right? For the pair? Is that the big news? I don't or know. Was there was lots that? of rumors back. And some people were saying as much as a billion for the two movies, but I don't think that's true. But, I mean, so average movie, maybe 200, 250? Yeah, I think so. On the high end? So even even 600 million, they're still making a decent chunk of change. Well, and they're not going to... I've heard that maybe Black Widow's costs are ballooning a little, but it should be a much cheaper movie to make than Endgame. I mean, Robert Downey Jr.'s butt not being in it, at, at the very least, should save you $50 million. ScarJo, the, what, there's news she, she got as, not, as much money as him, though, right? Did she really? Or what was the... I don't know. I thought that was the news. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. I hope that's not the case. I'm all for women getting equal pay, just not that woman. <laughs> exactly. No, that's her. a good way to put it, Rhiannon. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't want that to sound wrong. It's just, you know... <laughs> Go play a tree, Scarlet. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I... All right. Well, that's about all of the big news and stuff that I had to talk about this week. Was there anything that I have missed that you guys think is worth discussing? Okay. We covered Black Bolt. We covered that graphic. The co Now I'm good. That's a lot of news. That was an hour of news. Yeah. That's what I figured. We'd just talk about... Because that Feige deal took forever, so... All right. Uh, let's, uh, we'll hit the mailbag real quick. Um, over on the website, we talked last week about Scorsese and his criticisms and prestige and movies. Uh, Love Waffle said, Joker broke the October opening weekend record that Venom set last year. It won't be long before Kevin Feige wants to get on this too. What anti-hero should get their own October origins, origin story movie in the MCU? And what 70s movie could they plagiarize in order to make it? <laughs> And uh, I think those are all slight swipes at Joker. Uh, and Dave responded that he'd love to see The Hood uh, done into a Marvel movie. So, When you introduce me, could you call me Punisher? Probably the Punisher, right? 
You guys haven't seen Joker no, yet, no. have you? Oh, uh, no, 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 haven't. Talking about characters that should come back, and I'm sorry, I love Charlie, but for me, Bernthal is the Marvel Netflix guy I would most want to see back in the role they're in. Oh, absolutely. And he'd be one of the... Well, but Bernthal... What was it? He was somewhere the past few weeks, and they asked him, like... He's been making some swipes at the Punisher series. What season of Punisher was his favorite? He said Daredevil season two. Oh. Like. I agree with him there. Did he really? I'll have to. Would you really? Have, That's the worst season of Marvel TV on Netflix. But it's maybe the best season Pistol. of Punisher. Daredevil season two. Wait a minute. Daredevil season two? Worse yeah. than the second half of Luke Cage season? No. Or, or Jessica Jones no. season two? No. No, no, no. It's in the bottom half. Daredevil season two? The first two? four episodes alone means it's the middle of the pack for Netflix. I don't the know opening, The opening Punisher stuff, that rooftop scene with Frank and, and Daredevil, that stuff's so good. The rooftop scene. Are you talking where Daredevil and Punisher fight the huge army no. of four No, that's stuck. Ninjas? The part where uh, Matt's all tied yeah, the up to the hell. chimney. And then, and then that scene in the graveyard that Rhiannon got drunk in a couple of weeks ago. And again in a couple of weeks. And again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's that, that scene where like Frank tells the whole story about his daughter and, and his wife and coming home and while they're all they're sitting there leaning against the tombstones that's that, such such good stuff i love that oh so you did like it a lot better than the sex flashbacks yes i, I did that yes i'm still thank you for bringing I'll back those disturbing there. memories adam of that television show hey no problem uh we did get a tweet that i wanted to mention real quick from a few weeks ago that i had missed where somebody was a little frustrated when we talked about um magneto and professor x maybe being uh, recast as people of color and the concern was uh, that they weren't real uh, they, they think that's problematic because you kind of erase the Jewish past of Magneto if you don't have him as a Holocaust survivor and I, you know I don't know I think that's a fair concern it's just really hard because World War II was so long ago what are you going to do? Are you going to have to, like, Captain America him so that he's not 95 years old? You know? Like, I I can kind of appreciate the concern, though. I think our point in that podcast, though, was that modern day, maybe the, the, the people persecuted like the Jews were in the 1940s are now other populations in the planet that could be featured in some way. Yeah. I think there is a concern, though, particularly amongst, you know, uh, Jewish fans of Marvel. They would just hate to see, you know, a character that, have, that has been affiliated with their history for so long kind of be take have that history taken away from them. And I can appreciate that that frustration. Yeah. Uh, anything in the live chat you want to bring out here, Adam? Uh, Michael wants to know why he doesn't ever get invited to graveyard parties. Michael, you're totally invited to the graveyard party. I believe it's... Um... It's at greenwoodcemetery.com events the Friday before Halloween. They turn it into like a carnival at the cemetery. Like, not necessarily, I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they'll have like performers throughout the cemetery. Um, we should call them for like a uh, like a sponsorship. Like our podcast could actually get people to show up to their place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's... I, I I didn't know the previous graveyard party was going to be a uh, party. Um, I bought tickets to a thing in the catacombs, and then like when they sent us the confirmation, it was like, and there'll be a whiskey tasting and this and this, and then like once we got there, they were just like, here's a cooler full of free beer, and um, yeah, so, it's amazing. This is the way. This is why. No matter what anyone ever tries to tell me, New York City is the best city in the world. Because whatever you're into, it's there. You, there's there's whatever entertainment you want, it's available. If you want to hang out and drink beers and whiskey in an old graveyard that was used on a Netflix show, it's there. It's available. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. guessing there's not any graveyard parties going on in Iowa. Uh, joke's on you because that's where most high school kids uh, Oh yeah. go, man, so they don't get busted. Yeah. Back in the day. Cool. Anything else for this 
episode before I close it down, guys. All right, thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it, and uh, keep on listening and sharing it with your friends. That's great. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk and give us a buck or two a month. Uh, we do live streams, as you probably have been able to tell. So if you're interested in listening to that and interacting with us live, or at least getting the show early and unedited, that's available for people at one of the support levels. Also, we'll have a uh, annual holiday episode sometime in December that will only be available for patrons. So uh, thanks for everybody that supports us that way. That helps us, you know, host the website and all that kind of stuff. It's how we literally keep going. So thank you for that. Uh, thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V Cox. And thanks for Al- to Alvin for our theme music that we use every week. You can find him at the Skull School on a variety of social media platforms. Uh, if you guys have any ideas of what you want to hear us talk about in future episodes, or uh, particularly if you have an idea of what the bonus Patreon episode should be, obviously hit us up with those. We are uh, we use those ideas a lot because it's, we don't have any movies between now and May, so uh, topics are helpful. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll talk to you guys later.